back to the Mel K show. I got a special treat today. My very good friend and somebody who always brings uh, solutions to the table is back with me, Charlie Robinson. Thank you for joining me, sir. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm back from uh, Mexico, from Acapulco, Anarchapulco, the world's largest anarchist conference 10th anniversary, 10th year of doing it, best one ever, really right. just an amazing, inspiring week. Takes you a couple of days to get back to reality after it, but it's well worth the trip. I'm sure. And they were very smart to pick you as a host this year because you kind of uh, are able to talk to any people. It doesn't matter what group or where they're from or their background. You're somebody who likes to hear what people have to say. You're a good listener and you can kind of delineate down to where we can all meet in the middle, which is really important right now. For people that don't know, maybe in my audience, uh, a little bit about the background and what that movement is about, because obviously it's yep. been demonized over the decades uh, that anarchists are somehow violent, that this yep. is this is these are people that are against, you know, freedom and all that. And it's just not true. So maybe if you could just tell the audience a little bit about what what the entire movement is about and what these people are actually there to discuss. Yeah. So if if the the media would love to conflate anarchism and and make it look like it's Antifa, which it right. is not. If you go to Anarchapulco in Acapulco, Mexico each year, if you go expecting to see the you know, a Molotov cocktail throwing contest or a tire burning exhibition, you'll be sorely disappointed because none of that stuff is going on there. Anarchy doesn't mean no rules. It means no rulers. And considering what we've been going through the last couple of years, I think yeah. a case can be made that the current rulers that we have are unfit. And the anarchist community, is they don't love government in part because the government gets in the way, slows up the process, puts hurdles in front of people, creates uh, legislation, regulation that's unnecessary. These are people that are doers. These people want the government to get out of their way so that they can get to work doing what needs to be done. They don't sit around waiting for a handout. They're not sitting in and they're not uh, appealing to the government to to save them and fix the problem. They're beyond that. So when something like the the Hurricane Otis hit Acapulco, Mexico, a little over 100 days ago, the anarchist community and uh, of Acapulco, that group there, there's a lot of people that that live in the area. Right. They were the first to respond. In fact, I did kind of a impromptu survey. I talked to some of the people around the stores around the area. I talked to one lady who runs a um a, uh, a like a little little mini mart there named uh, Grandma. Everyone calls her Grandma. She's one of the few that speaks fluent English. She said, uh, "Danny Sesum, who runs the crypto show, she said Danny was the first person to get me anything. Danny's from the Anarchapulco community. Right. The reason why he was able to get her uh, items was because he had a motorcycle. And what Jeff Berwick did with his crew after um, the hurricane hit was he started HurricaneOtisRecovery.com." and started raising money from the anarchist community. He raised over $400,000 in the first week. And they used that money to buy the supplies that were needed 
in a town that was four hours outside of Acapulco. So what they did is they had two trucks. They had a, a truck that was on its way going, and then they'd have a, another truck that was on its way coming back. And they just ran four hours there, four hours back, loops all day and all night, bringing in supplies to Jeff Berwick's house. They used wow. that as a hub. Once it got to Jeff's house, it got distributed by Danny on motorcycles to where it needed to go. Chainsaws, gasoline, water, whatever they could carry so that they could get the streets cleared. Once they got the streets cleared, then they were able to utilize the cars to deliver things out to the, to the people. So when I'm talking to grandma, grandma says the first person to find me was Danny on his motorcycle and he saved my life. Right. Yeah. Well, they this had is an a entire... good testament to, as we've watched many times with Lahaina or any of the, yep. uh, 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 you know, disasters such as hurricanes or fires you know once the government gets involved you and i both know then it's that's that's the actual you know stop start hurry up wait all of that and what you, you're these people are proving is that uh having the government being in the way is the problem as we're starting to realize more and more and this is a great testament to that you can just put the, what's happening in hawaii they still haven't mostly gotten back to their homes they're not getting help they haven't gotten money they're fending for themselves they've been kind of abandoned this isn't the first time but these two things things happened right near each other and such total different responses and outcomes, one controlled by the government and one controlled by the people. Yeah. I mean, the, the government is what is, when the government is involved, you have warehouses filled with pallets of bottled water that never get distributed. Yeah. Like Puerto Rico, right? Like Puerto Rico. When the anarchist community is involved, they figure out what's the most logical way to make this work better. And then they do it. Because they don't have any, they have no skin in the game. They're not waiting on a paycheck. They're not there doing their job. It's not their job to do it. They have chosen to do this this job. They're way more efficient. They're more effective. Uh, they care about it uh, more, and and I think it shows. So, and they're smarter too. This is a brilliant, brilliant group of people. Wow. If you think it's just a you know a bunch of veggie and cheese sandwich eating acid tripping hippies yeah. you know at a grateful dead concert like at an Acapulco, it's not that either it's people from all over the world that are building a better mousetrap they're not trying to fix the current education system that's broken it's broken by design they're building unschooling and homeschooling programs and they're saying this is how we choose to do things if you're interested we've got room for you if not Go enjoy the government schools that teach your kids that there's a hundred genders and in, in California is putting uh, third bathrooms in to right. to pander to who knows who. So so this is an inspiring event. It's great. It's filled with some of the smartest people I've ever met that are from all over the world doing interesting things. And the way they do it is they break it down into uh, five different days. First day is uh, anarchism and uh, the alternative media. Second day is crypto. They've got a day that's um, parallel societies, you know, right. building outside of the system. They've got Vitalidad, which is the health component of it. They've got another day that's like, they kind of jokingly call woo-woo day, like spiritual days ancient architecture, uh, things like that. I mean, fa fascinating, fascinating topics. You may come for crypto, but stay for parallel societies and yeah. learn how to homestead. And, and Marjorie Wildcraft is there from the Grow Network. She's going to teach you how to grow food and, and, and all. I mean, it is inspiring. You'll leave feeling like, boy, you know, I wish I'd... I wish I had done this when I was a kid instead yeah. of going to some dumb school. You know, you, you see, you meet little kids. I met a 14-year-old kid named James. I told James, 
your life is going to be amazing. Yeah. First of all, you're already light years ahead of most adults that I know. And second of all, you're going to have no competition from your peers because most of them are on devices. This is a kid that had been homeschooled his entire life. I had a conversation with him like he was a 30-year-old. Wow. I mean, it, 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 it's very amazing. So I'll tell you a little bit about, about how it started off. So day okay. one starts off and um, the very first speaker was not actually physically there. The very first speaker was a virtual speaker uh, that I was conducting a Q&A with, and that was the great David Icke. So I had what I would describe as a mild out-of-body experience while I'm standing on a stage in front of a live audience in Acapulco. Wow. And behind me on this, like, I don't know, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars worth uh LED projector screen behind me that's, you know, 20 by by 20 by 20, I don't know, massive screen. I've got David Icke there and I'm interviewing him. I've got questions from the audience that they'd given me in advance. They've got a 360 degree camera. So David could see that it was filled, packed house, not a crowd, not a, not a chair available, people spilling out onto the, onto the sides and in the back. It was the first speaker of the first day. So everybody was there. David killed. He was in such a good mood. I was giving him, you know, I was giving him, uh, you know, having fun with him. We, I, we like each other. We were, we were having a good time. The The crowd went crazy. And then boom, oh. we just launched into the live events. And from there, it was Miriam Hanane and Patrick Henningsen and Max Egan and Larkin Rose and Beth Martins and, and uh and Tony Ardeburn and Mike Cobb from ECI development and all Alex Zach and, 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 and Mike winter. And it just a, just a, just an amazing group of people. If I didn't know them before, I certainly knew them after the week That's and great. we spent a lot of time together. It was a, it was a big deal for me. I hosted a really great round table panel discussion on Wednesday. I think I might be kind of qualified from the union of the unwanted stuff. So they had me hosting that on Wednesday up on the stage again, in front of a live audience, just filled where we were just, we we're talking about the role of the alternative media, yeah. talking about suppression, talking about how to build outside of the system and talking about what to do when they come for podcasts, because we know they're coming for it. Yeah. And, uh, and in, in some of the strategies and tips that these other content creators are using to get their message out in a world where it's suppressed. So, you know, that was the day, day to day, uh, speakers that were going on. Yeah. There's workshops that you can sign up for as well. So if you want to talk to Dr. Andrew Kaufman and have him uh, walk you through a, a workshop on, on, on medical freedom or how to, you know, uh, avoid paying your, your taxes, you know, like in, in a way that's legal, they have guys that were talking about that, how to unschool your kids, how to, how to, you know, how to find property outside of the uh, outside of your home country, how to get residency. They had all these, all these awesome. workshops were going on. So, so it's, it's information that you're not going to get in, in normal avenues and, yeah. and you're going to be around like-minded people on top of that. So, so for a lot of people, this is a great sense of community. You, you, you go, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah. There are other people that see this besides me. Right. And, uh, and you'll, you'll leave with a nice network of people that are international that's Very great. intelligent, doing things that you you didn't even know were going on. I mean, I I, I have a pretty good idea of what's yeah. happening out there, but I sat through some presentations that I was just like, my jaw was on the floor. Like, I can't believe this is a thing. You know, I didn't even know about it. Here we've got the world's leading expert talking to me about 
electron microscopes going through the blood and what they're finding. I'm into it. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. hear all about it. So, so a very inspiring week for me. It's my right. favorite week of the year. I was I was humbled and honored to be the host and MC this year, the 10th anniversary. It was it was a really big deal. Jeff Berwick was in. Yeah. He was in fine form. He was really enjoying it this year. The producers the producers are fantastic. They know exactly what they're doing. They when when a problem comes and there's always a problem. Yeah. Uh, when you're hosting, when you're doing big events like this, yeah. Uh, they didn't let it rattle them. They figured it out. And um and and as far as most people knew, there were, there were no issues at all. So I Great. grateful to be involved. We'll be back next year and every Great. year. Well, I was watching it from where I was and I was very jealous not to have gone because I thought about going because I knew about it from you. And next year, I definitely want to make sure I go. I'm going to be doing a lot more things like that because we, you know, I mean, um, while you were away, <laughs> while you're the away, burn down. Yes, kept turning. Um, I think that uh, I was even though I knew it was coming um, this uh, what was happening here with uh, the Trump verdict in New York. Um, yeah demoralizing, dehumanizing, disappointing, all those things. But really more than anything above that, I just really felt like that that we need alternatives. And I know where you were. And I think that it was probably the best time. I hope you guys were sending energy all around the world, which happens at an event like that when you all get together, because it was a very sad day, I think, for uh, people that are honest about what has happened to this country, what's going on to the, with this country, the weaponization, multiple things happened this week, though I've been reporting on it. You have, too, as well, um, all the way back to the beginning before, uh, you know, Crossfire Hurricane and Russiagate. Um, you and I have covered many times international uh, color revolutions and uh, CIA, National Demo for Democracy operations all over the world and all this stuff that has happened. And I guess it's hard because they've been so good at turning Donald Trump into something uh, rather than a symbol of what's happened to our nation into the problem. And when you're watching some of this stuff happen and then this week at the same time, we're finding out that a year basically before Crossfire Hurricane started, you know, John Brennan and the Five Eyes Nations were uh, trying to bump off people and not just related to Trump, related to anyone that was that was, you know, outside of the chosen uh, establishment and all of that. And, and just some very um, troubling things coming to light that um, in our at the highest levels of government, then you see this uh, award. First of all, the award with E. Jean Carroll was insane. This award is a half a million dollars um, that he has to put up, apparently. No jury, uh, obviously out to get him. And, um, you know, and I, I just think people now really are looking at, well, what can we do? What should we do? And after you spent that week there, um, what are some of the solutions? Because I hear people um in uh like i had on derek bros who just covered that uh fluoride trial amazing stuff there too and obviously i know you and a lot of other people in in different communities i know um ian davis and other people talk about like we, we you brought up uh david ike like we can't vote our way out of this nobody no. you know there isn't the whole thing is is rotten to the core at the at the same time there was also this um, Munich conference where they're, they're literally talking about uh, we need to get nuclear weapons in, in Ukraine right now rather than we need to end this and find a peaceful way forward. Uh, obviously, also the uh, Tucker Putin interview. So while you guys were there finding solutions for humanity, 
humanity was having a, a full uh, projection yeah. of exactly what's wrong. So that's where I also feel like, okay, so we have an election coming up and nothing's going to change because it's so deeply embedded. So what are some of your thoughts on on all of that? And, and a lot of these people say, well, they're not voting or what's the point of voting? And then at the same time, I say, well, who's going to deal with the rest of the world? You know, if we're not going to be involved in that. So complex stuff. Yeah, the anarchist community has been screaming at the top of their lungs for a very long time that government is organized crime. Is it starting to make sense now? Yeah. I mean, to the average person, you take a look at what's going on. This is organized criminality. This is a criminal cartel that is running the government. And Whitney Webb makes a great point in her One Nation's Under Blackmail, Volume 1, where she draws the comparison of how the mafia was working with the government and then it got to a point where it's kind of hard to tell where the mafia ended and where the government began and because it's a if it's a venn diagram there's a whole lot of interlocking overlapping between right. those circles and and the tactics are the same one of them where you know some of them wear like nice suits whereas the other guys look like maybe gangsters and but it's all the same you look at what happened with Donald Trump over this week and um you know, it, it is the just us system, right? It, there's no justice. It's just us. It's just it's when when you hear the Nancy Pelosi of the world scream about our democracy. Right. That's a term they love to throw. Right. He's a threat to our democracy. That doesn't mean what most people think it means. It doesn't mean he's a threat to democracy in general. It means he's a threat to their version of right. when they say our democracy. They're not talking about you. You're not included in this. They're talking about their little crime syndicate that they have. He's a threat to that. They're globalists. He's a nationalist, right? That this is the problems that they're that, that they're having with him is that he does not go along with their plan. He has his own set of problems and right. his own set of influences. And I don't love a lot of the things that he did with COVID and printing all the money. And so he, you know, I'm not going to let him off the hook, but but they view him as a very big threat to their grift. Right. Ukraine is a huge part of that. I mean, yes. money goes in there and who knows where it winds up. Usually, probably in the Cayman Islands, I would suggest, um, a lot of it winds up uh, never even leaving the beltway. It just winds up into the arms of, uh, in the pockets of Raytheon and, you know, and, and Lockheed Martin. So, so there's a lot of money laundering that's going on. And, and you see, you know, you just, I think even the more, you know, like you know, somebody that doesn't really pay attention to politics too much sees this, this, this case with Trump and they go, this seems very unusual to me. He did. He wasn't allowed to really present much of a defense. He was sort of just found guilty immediately. I've, I've been in real estate for 25 years. Right. I've worked for a dozen for or a half a dozen developers right. okay, over my time. First of all, they're all scumbags. Okay. I mean, if you're going to be a real estate developer, there's a part of you that, that you, you're going to be doing some scumbaggy stuff. It's just kind of the nature of the business. That the way when I took one look at the way they they assessed Mar-a-Lago, I mean, it's a it's instantly a joke. I mean, you can tell without having 25 years of real estate experience and a broker's license in multiple states as I do, you can tell just by looking at that, that's not an accurate appraisal at all. If somebody wants to sell you Mar-a-Lago for 25, 20 to $30 million, the, the, the question is, I, I'll take a dozen of them. 
<laughs> at that price. Exactly. Because it's, it's, it's a non it's a it's a fake price. Not to mention the game that the banks and developers have to play when it comes to valuations of their existing assets, right. using that as the pretext and the uh, equity that's pledged, uh, the, the collateral that's pledged in order to secure an additional loan. So a lot of times what happens with these developers, why they have a ton of properties is because you buy one property, you run that for a little while, and then you have your heart set on another property and you you put your existing property up as collateral to borrow money to go get that second one. Now you've got two. And as those two start, you start to run those, then you borrow against those, then you get two more. And then you borrow against those four, then you get four more. You know, it works like that. I watched a developer or I watched a, a industrial real estate guy that was one of my clients do that. And over the course of a, a 20 year career, uh, built himself a, a million square feet of industrial warehouse space in um, Southern California, starting with one building. And that's how he did it. Borrowing against it, borrowing against it. This is an old trick. The, yeah. The, what you do is you tell the bank it's worth this much. They say, well, we'll negotiate. Maybe it's really worth this much. And then you get what you get from it. The bank knows the game. The developer right. knows the game. As long as the bank gets paid, they really don't care. And that's they, what they, they said they, on the stand that's here. That's what happened. All the banks right. were saying that. A, they were saying that. They were saying they would still work with him, that he always paid on time, paid back with interest. Right. So the other question here when you're talking about organized crime in the government is uh, this verdict amount goes to who? There's no victim. So it's what it's going towards, either uh, Joe Biden's campaign, like the Black Lives Matter money, or to housing the illegals. Who, who? I mean, where does this money go? Hi, guys. Thank you for watching the show. You know, I'm always telling you to be prepared and expect the unexpected. Well, the wellness company has great medical emergency kits to make sure you can do just that. In a world where supply chain vulnerabilities threaten our access to life-saving medication, I highly recommend you get a wellness company medical emergency kit. With eight essential medications, including amoxicillin, Z-Pak, and ivermectin, you can be prepared for any medical emergency that comes your way. They have a medical emergency kit, a contagion kit, a emergency travel kit, and a first aid emergency kit. To support your own health and support the Mel K Show, please go to twc.health slash Mel K now and use code Mel K for big savings at checkout. Don't wait until it's too late. Take back control of your health today with the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit. Because when it comes to your family's well-being, preparedness is key. The Wellness Company, empowering you to face the unexpected with confidence. I think it, I think so. I'm not positive, but in some cases in Nevada, where I've been a broker, it goes into the general fund, and then the and then this then the state decides what they want to do with it, or maybe it's the county. I'm not sure, right. but but they they but then it, it just gets divvied up however they want it to do it. The, what they're doing to him, the E. Jean Carroll thing, is it's it's. I mean, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so serious. Yeah. And and the fact that people try to take her seriously and she goes on Rachel Maddow and says, let's go on a shopping spree. And her lawyer's like, shut up. You know, the story is also is... preposterous for anyone that's ever been to any of these places and years ago. And then they changed the law right away. It's just this. It's like I do think of this as Whitney's book, too. It's like it doesn't matter which side is good. This is like a. You know, in the Southern District of New York goes back a long way. Don't forget, they're the ones that uh, basically buried the Epstein case, buried the Weinstein yes. case, many other cases along the way. 
Um, you know, I always think of that show Billions when I think of this, like both sides are, are criminals. And and the guy that works for the Southern District in New York is like, well, I'm going to get them. They're criminals. And you're thinking you're a criminal. But, but I mean, that's too. where we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never done any business in the Southern District of North, New York. And I know they're criminals. I know that 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 court system Weaponized. down there is run by the banks. It's run by the wrong people. If you think you're going to get uh, you know, the scales of justice balanced in, 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 you know, and fair, you are fooling yourself. You, you clearly, you know, you don't know how that, that area works. So Trump, Trump walked into an ambush. Of course, we've also got what's going on in Georgia. I mean, oh, and boy, I think that's I, sort I, of a, I, we we're going to get there. And you, and you see that this weekend after that, uh, see, see, while you were, while you were down there finding solutions, uh, there was so much going on here. I was kind of jealous of you to be kind of in your bubble, yeah. So what happened yeah. in Georgia again, the Georgia case and, and the other thing, Charlie, about this and, and, and what what Whitney pointed out in her book is there are hundreds of people, innocent people that were sucked into this, including the 18 co-defendants of Trump in the RICO case in Georgia. But when I've looked at this and talked to people, this is people that question anything in the election, people that, um, you know, supported Trump in any way, his inner circle, people that didn't weren't even involved. And the January 6th committee decided were criminals, the whole January 6th thing. Like there have been thousands of victims of this operation, and and that is a very scary thing. So, uh, yeah, let's jump to Georgia. What about that? You, you put. I I I don't I don't even really know where to start because you you would think if you were using your rational logical brain, you would think that there was at some point a conversation about okay. If we're going to go after the ex-president of the United States here for some nonsense, right. we better have everything buttoned up. I want you to bring in the best lawyer you've got. I want you to bring in a guy who specializes in RICO cases. I want you to get somebody and I want you to do this and I want you to. Who did they bring in? Fannie Willis's boyfriend who's never prosecuted nope. a criminal case. He's never done a RICO case. Who's who committed fraud when he did his filed his, his own divorce was spending money on her that was given to him he was on in in this last year 2023 and 2022 his services were the largest single expenditure that that office in Georgia paid was for this lawyer that didn't have any experience Right. So red flags like crazy, but let's just say he was the best Rico guy in the world. You could maybe sort of give give him a pass and say, "Well, well listen, we're bringing in a heavy hitter to to take care of this. This guy is unqualified. This guy is sleeping with a district attorney. That this is a disaster. Nobody asked the questions." And that's the said, craziest part. There wasn't crazy vetting. Think about, I had on one of the FBI of whistleblowers that had his life destroyed. I mean, the amount of vetting that they went through. And then every time he tried to get in a different task force, three days of questions and this and that, how did they not know? And then you think, because there's questions also about Letitia James, there's questions about Fannie Willis and her uh, fundraising. There's questions about Jack Smith and his background. It appears yeah. that they're picking people that are already compromised to some extent. Uh, it's very, it seems very upside down and backwards for the people that are at the very top. So if you're picking somebody because they're compromised and you can control them, doesn't it stand to reason that the other side knows that they're compromised and is will find a way to control them as well? I mean, this case should have never come to trial. 
I mean, there should never have been any of this. Of course, we know this, but but the fact that it did, then you better be buttoned up. And 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 that they went, they let it get this far, shows yeah. a level. I don't know if it's arrogance, incompetence, both. I don't know, but they, but and and then the the flights to Washington D.C. to meet with Joe Biden, and of course, charging the taxpayers for that. That so, it all stinks. Um. But again, the veil has been removed. And I think that the average people that sort of were indifferent to this stuff or didn't follow it, even they see this and they go, this all seems very fake. It all seems like very unfair. And you know, and you don't even have to be a Trump, you don't have to be a Trump supporter to 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 think that this is unfair. The average person is taking a look at this and going, This doesn't seem like America right. any longer. It seems right. like, well, we believe in the rule of law, unless it's Donald Trump, because he's an insurrectionist who's right. a threat to democracy and everything. And our democracy, democracy, you know, they just keep going on and the rule of law and the rule of law. And you go, explain to me in all these cases where you see any rule of law, because I don't see any. None. It, it, the rule of law has been completely removed. And yet th- this is the thing that that, you know, all of everything that they accuse Donald Trump of doing, he's going to weaponize this and he's going to do that. This is pure projections, all the things that Joe Biden is doing. And they're doing it in real time as they're like, I saw that what's going on. It's like Kagan, Weissman, Mueller, I'm not Mueller, um, uh, Eisen, all these same people. But the craziest part, and we've talked about this many times on the show, and this has to go with where you were this weekend and why we have to find uh, better solutions here that are not dependent on the government or trying to change the government we have, uh, is... um, what has come to to light and and is very obvious is that there's a fifth column running this country out of probably Brookings and a bunch of different think tanks. Certainly, um, I don't know if a lot of people realize uh, we have talked about it on this show with you. Uh, the Patriot Act was, which was written before uh, 9/11 and then sold to us as the solution, uh, was written to spy on us. But the level to which it has gotten. Um, now to this point where we're finding out 2 million, 5 million that they know of, that they're admitting uh, people that have been spied on. They're, they want to put the 702 through again, even though it was so abused without uh, getting a warrant. Um, it basically looks like we have a fourth branch of government that is not legal, uh, that is not constitutional, that is the intelligence community. And it was spawned out of uh, the Patriot Act, the NHS, TSA, uh, DNI, all these different groups. And then I found out that Holder and Obama took the Patriot Act and kicked it to the next level, opening a Department of Justice National Security Division. And that all of this entire group has no oversight. There's no one above them. There's no one to, to tamp them down. It's not even in the Constitution. So there's no checks and balances involved in this. And I think that that's a really big problem that doesn't divide people by whatever team they think they're on or a group this is very dangerous in america we have a totalitarian functioning regime that is right out in the open with no 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 one to even uh stop them and that's who i think is really above this i don't think these people are writing these cases i think these cases are coming from the moeller weissman eisen the color revolution team the you know it just appears that when you look it up you see these same people have been doing all of this and and they're above the law they're above everything it seems the only time I've ever heard Chuck Schumer tell the truth was when he talked about how the intelligence community has seven ways to Sunday to get back at you. Yeah. And he would know because he's a compromised individual that they have the goods on. Oh, yeah. But um, the, the intelligence apparatus is is a is a is a component of this criminal enterprise, too. Yeah. The expansion of of 
the surveillance state under the guise of, you know, for your safety, right? It's always for your safety. When the Patriot Act comes out, it's this big, you know, they said, oh, well, we've just crafted this in the last couple of days after 9-11. Oh, really? Really? You didn't have Rand do that. You didn't have Brookings do that. You didn't have all your scumbags at the Project for a New American Century write this thing in advance when they wrote Rebuilding America's Defenses. I mean, come on, we know what's going on here. This is always, it's problem, reaction, solution. I mean, the solution has always been to the removal of our rights, the removal of our privacy. They, they, they fear us. The reason why they fear us is that they should fear us because they are doing something that we would rightly be upset about. The reason why they confiscate guns is because they are doing something that they would they know that you would rightly shoot them for. That's the reason why they confiscate guns. Not because, and you can you can tell this because it's not guns that are the problem. They're trying to get $95 billion for Ukraine and Israel in order to get them more guns while simultaneously telling us guns are the problem. So which is it? Either guns are the problem and we need to get rid of all of them, or we've got to find $95 billion in in the couch cushion so that we can buy more guns for Ukraine because you can't have it both ways. So clearly the, 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 the reality of the situation is that they want us disarmed. Because if we are disarmed, we are no threat to them. As it stands right now, they are worried that the things that they are doing will rightly get them rounded up by the public at some point. Now, they might not have to worry too much because I don't know if you've been around the public. I mean, uh, you and I have been on airplanes flying around town. Shocking. There's the public is dumbed down, docile sheep that are still getting on airplanes wearing masks. I saw that all yeah. over the place. I had multiple legs through LA and New Mexico City. There's a lot of mask wearing still going on. And uh and so there's and you can you can tell that there are a lot of people that are just you know there's 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 the experiments, the Milgram experience, all, all right, these experiments exactly. that show 70% of the people have the have no ability to stand up to authority at all under any circumstances. They're just cowards. They just, they don't know how they don't want to, they won't do it. So you've got a huge percentage of the populations out of commission anyway, but that leaves a hundred million Americans that, that might do something about it. And when you take a look at the numbers, we've got the numbers. Now, do we have the attitude? Do we have the, the organization? Do we have the, the, the will to stand up and do this? Well, tell you what, maybe not, But if they keep pushing and they keep doing this and they keep waking people up and they keep taking away rights and even the the average person starts to see this, you know, Mel, what happens if I propose this scenario in one of my macroaggressions episodes, you talk about demoralization of the the general public. (laughs) Imagine this scenario. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm just saying, imagine what would, what the, what the mentality of the general public would be if we get to November and Joe Biden stays in the whole way. And he runs Biden versus Trump. And in the end, and the day after the election, Joe Biden wins the election again, this time with 82 million votes. And everyone just goes, no, there is no way. There is no way this happened. I can, all, I can envision a scenario in which they might do something like that, not because it looks good, not because it's real, but in order to break you. Yeah. To just break you into to a point where you throw your hands up and go fine do, do what you got to do we're done they're going to yeah. yeah yeah and we've got to do what we've got to do you know so so i can 
it that's feels how I weird. feel kind of right now, too, because I keep saying to people, you know what? So at most, if Trump got back in, we're talking four years. And I have to tell you, right. Mary McCord, a lot of people have been out there doing interviews, people that have a lot of power saying that they're already preparing legal uh, remedies and impeachment ideas and whatever they could do just in case Trump gets in. So he can't do any damage like he did the last time to democracy. And they're out there saying it, people that are in the DOJ, people that are in the fourth branch, people that are in the intel community and interviews on MSNBC. They're like, no, no, if he gets in, we're not going to let him do anything. We find out that Cass Sonstein is actually the guy writing behind the scenes for Mayorkas at the border, all of the border legislation so that it can't be undone. You know, he's their guru and his wife is Moneybags, uh, uh, Samantha Power running the uh, color revolution world. So, you know, we are, we have that. There's this, um, thing in the Ukraine aid that J.D. Vance pointed out that was kind of mm -hmm. like, OK, well, if Trump tries to negotiate a, a peace settlement, you know, he's not he's going to be in breach of this and it'll be the same thing we did last time. I looked on Brookings. I looked on Just Security, all of Norm Eisen's crew. These guys are all ready for we're going to make sure that he doesn't win. If he does win, we're going to make sure he can't do anything already. So this is like when we were on a show with Whitney was on it with us. We were on Union of the Unwanted probably eight months before the 2020 election. And we were all talking about the Transition Integrity Project, where they were simulating all the ways Trump could win. And I, I believe the pandemic came out of that. But who knows? And um, and what uh, what happened at that point was that they were already no way was he going to win. And now I don't know if you saw the Mike Benz interview, but he was saying that you know, they already knew seven months before that they would Trump was they were not going to allow Trump to win no matter what. Like it was that's what they were going to do. So at this point, like I'm saying, they're so arrogant, like you're saying that they're out there doing interviews, literally saying that yeah, yep. we don't really care what the people want. And then I keep saying to people, so four years. So who is this war on Trump against? I think it's really against demoralizing, dehumanizing and making the Trump voter give up. The voter that is very much like uh, national, you know, borders language culture types, people that are not fans of the national sovereignty of the nation state, people that are, you know, pro guns, pro against globalism, against, you know, a lot of this um, sustainable development stuff. It seems like it's the 80 million people they're targeting and they're using Donald Trump to do that. They're going to watch this backfire, though, because even the the look what's going on in Chicago with the, the black community in Chicago is turning against the black mayor of Chicago saying, you're giving our stuff to these immigrants, right. these illegals that are coming in here. What yeah. about us? We were here first. We should be your priority. And you've got Brandon Johnson saying, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. We're, we're going to take care of these illegals. Right. We're going to put them up. We're going to give them cards. We're going to give them jobs. We're going to do all this stuff. You can only do that for so long before your base turns against you. So, so they're 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 gambling. They're they're making a huge gamble with this. They're thinking that they can break the 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 spirit of the people that would be inclined to vote for Trump, or or at least maybe just you know just have some sort of pride in this nation. Right. Those people aren't giving up. Those people are, in fact, growing because you've got a lot of people that were sort of indifferent, but they see 8 million people coming across the southern border and they go, well, this is inconsistent with reality. I mean, right. didn't we just have COVID, the most deadly virus in the history of the world that was going to kill everyone? And you left and, and nobody can fly and everybody's got to keep their stores closed. But the border, you guys didn't put like 
you didn't put security at the border. There's still people coming in. And then you try to sell us masks and vaccines and all of this stuff while the Southern border now under Biden is completely wide open. So it's incompatible with logic. Right. This is you know, this is not how you would act if you were actually scared about a virus. You wouldn't let a bunch of people, you wouldn't be injecting people at the airports when they come in and yet leaving your Southern flank wide open and say, oh, sure, come on in. You've got... A, the hantavirus, uh, Ebola, AIDS, whatever. Oh, sure. We don't care. We're not going to check you for any, but God forbid your kid goes to, tries to check into kindergarten without all the, yeah, with, exactly. without the necessary shots, they won't let you in. Right. So, yeah. so eventually, eventually people are just going to wake up to the, to the hypocrisy of the enforcement, the uneven enforcement that's going on. And they're going to say, well, listen, if the rules don't apply for this group, right. they only apply to me. I'm going to act as though the rules don't apply to me either. Right. And, and, the, and the wheels come off. So a lot of people that have been in that, you know, that 70%, like I mentioned, that 70% of people that will just do what they're told. The law of un unintended consequences says at some point things happen that you can't expect. Yeah. And maybe what happens is that you wake a bunch of those people up and they go, this seems very unfair and illogical to me that you would be asking us to do X, Y, and Z. And yet there's, you're not asking the, 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 the migrant to, to do this. You're, you're treating them better than you treat us. Do you, do you like them more than you like us? I mean, I think yeah. the answer is yes, of course, but, um, but, but, but this is going to, it's, it might have a boomerang effect. And that's yeah. what I think people are counting on. I mean, listen, the dollar is collapsing. The dollar, the dollar is, it has been, the best tool that the United States right. empire has had to club people into submission. And when exactly. the dollar loses its status as a world's reserve currency, the, the 8 million people that came across the border might want to turn around and go back because there's going to be real problems in the U S it's not going to be the United States that you were promised with apple pie and exactly. blue jeans, country music and uh, jobs for everyone and all that stuff. It's going to be a bunch of people that never saw this coming, having to adapt to a world where the U S dollar is not held in high uh, esteem any longer. Oh, and by the way, here comes the central bank digital currencies that they're going to try and push you into. That is, if they don't steal all of your money through the bank bail-in, which they legalized a couple of years ago, much like the Smith Modernization Act of 2012, right. which they legalized yeah. in order to use it, you legalize bank bail-ins in order use to it. use it. Right. Here comes the bank bail-ins where they steal your money and replace it with a CBDC and say, welcome to the party. So I think we that's are the it. plan. Yeah. I mean, it's just enough people have to wake up to it. But like you said it, enough people aren't. Now, the other side of, to that, too, is that we are in and you brought up the PNAC document and uh, what what a failure. This entire plan was, I mean, just what a failure and that have most of those people are dying. Kagan's out there, right? One of the architects of this writing that Donald Trump being elected will be a dictatorship. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? You're married to Victoria Newland. You know, the people that are that are doing this, that's shocking. But um, so here we have a, a thing where um, now those the people that are. Well, let me ask you real quick, because we're running out of time. What is the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist? Uh, I think libertarians still believe you can vote your way out of this. Okay. So that's so, and, okay. And, and, and that's, that's my unofficial explanation. No, 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 I get it. It's, it's probably very simple. 
yeah. anarchists are just over the entire system. They said, okay. eh, we're not we're not participating in that. Yeah, not that I the mean, libertarians can can necessarily win uh, in this current political paradigm, the two party system. But I mean, I think that they have they have they're very similar in their ideology, their self-ownership, self-determination. Right. We want to do a lot of these things. However, I think the libertarians are more inclined to try and work within the system, whereas the anarchists are, are uh, have left the, the system and are building outside of it. And so, right. you know, they're not trying to the, the libertarians would say we have a plan for how to fix the school system. And the anarchists would say burn it to the ground. Can't fix it. Right now. Okay. So when it comes to that, because, you know, I, I mean, we've been looking, I've been looking for like land wherever. I'm just like, if 2024 is, is what it is, I'm going to the gulag or I'm out of here, you know, like, so no, I, I <laughs> to you. be very honest with what I do. Uh, but, um, the other thing is that multiple people, and I think those people that you were with, they don't vote. And my my only issue with not voting, I know like David Ike or Ian Davis, who I love and other people, they're like, well, what? Or Derek Bros was like, I don't vote. Now, my only issue with I don't vote is that we have also I mean, it's more like according to Tom Homan and people, 20 million people that have come across our southern border. Many of them now, uh, my friend Ann and, and Michael Yan are down in Panama. A lot of them are Chinese. A lot of them are from, you know, all over the world, Africa, Middle East. These are not Mexican or Guatemalan. That's right. not what's going on down there. And on the northern border, nobody's even talked about. And I had somebody on who was like, the northern border is wide open, too, just not for that, uh, you know, um, uh, the Grimerica guy that comes on the show, Graham, he remember he was yeah. like, can't come there. But if I walked across, I could. And that's the same on our right. southern border. You can't come here legally, but you certainly can if you want to do that. But the problem here is that we also have five wars, if not seven, that are percolating. These people want to send now weapons, not just to Israel and Ukraine, but Taiwan. Um, right. So who protects us then? If you're not, yeah, if you're not I, voting and you would keep the, because I don't think that the rest of the world I think they're done dealing with the Blinken, Sullivan, Newland. I, I think they're done with that crew. They, they, negotiating with them is a no-go. And, and so that's where I am left with, okay, I understand you don't want to vote and you don't think it's going to make a difference, but there is one thing we have to deal with, which is uh, the threat of actual war and the escalation of war to the next level. And while Zelensky and his friends are saying that they demanding nuclear weapons now, you know, that doesn't end well for anyone. And I don't think you nor I or most people were aligned with would ever want anything other than a peaceful negotiation months ago. So what's what do you say about that? Yeah. So, so if we were able to split the difference, I think some of the the people would say, well, then vote in your local elections, vote for your sheriffs, vote for the things that impact you. You can't change what's going on in Washington, DC. You can okay. vote for whoever you want. It's not going to change. It's run by a much larger system. However, where you are locally, that's where you have the biggest impact. That's what Soros figured out. Yes, he did. I mean, and then buy up those DAs, you get a bigger, better. 20 years ago, book. he and figured that out. <laughs> and it's more measurable too. It's easier to quantify that because you can see the policies change before your own eyes. If you throw money into a national campaign, you you know, maybe you contributed something, who knows where that money went. But if it's local, then you then you definitely know. So if you're somebody that says, I I I recognize there's a problem, I'm not I'm not fully there yet where I'm ready to say I'm not voting for anything like the anarchists say, then then do that. Then get involved and start with your, you know, 
the the school boards, your right. your local sheriff's election. You know, you can you know, these these elections will will have more of a impact on you personally than any of the than than the national things. It, the, and, and you have more say in it. You can put a person in there that has a has a chance. You can talk to your local sheriff and say, you know, these guys in Washington, D.C. are talking about gun confiscation. They're talking right. about registries. They're talking about all of this stuff. What is your policy on that? You may find you'll a lot of times, not always, but sometimes you'll find a, sh a sheriff that says, I won't enforce that. Right. You will. There it. are some. You know? Yeah, that is. So true. you go, OK, well, that's my guy. That's a line of defense there. So again, you, but you have to be, um, you, you have to be mindful. You, you've done a lot of great work on this, Mel, talking about how Agenda 2030 getting down into the local levels too. So you have to be cognizant of the fact that they, that they're following Soros's plan as well and trying to bring this climate change agenda in locally. So you're going to need to fight it on the local levels there to the extent that you can. So if that involves voting, then you vote there, you know, if that's, right. if that's what you want to do. So, so you do have a role in this and voting can be um impactful in certain areas but you've got to pick your spot if you but again if you if if someone thinks that they're going to vote for Donald Trump and he's going to come in and save the day i wish that were true yeah. but but again like you said they have they have guardrails in place to make sure that they some do. of that stuff doesn't happen they have yeah, laws sad. in place like the like the like the um like you you mentioned JD Vance talking about how this this funding for Ukraine and Israel is tied to keeping the war going for multiple years. And that if you, any violation of that is, it is, is criminal. And then, then they start to go after Trump for that. So they're laying landmines already, they are. which you would expect them to do if you've got it, you know, so if we're out of here, we'll at least lay the landmines and then rip up the map. So nobody knows where they are. And yeah. let Trump and his crew go, go walking around randomly stepping on these things yeah. and blowing themselves up and wasting their time. The point is not, to the point with Trump in office is not to prevent him from doing the, the point is to keep him bogged down and busy fighting asymmetric warfare right. coming from every different direction, lawsuits, right. this and that, and, and keep him busy so he can't can't get anything accomplished. Right. So I understand their strategy. And 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 if you were a you know a psychopath like them, that's what you yeah, would do. And the you question would... has to be like, what are I, I mean, I have to believe that the people, the powers that be, you wrote uh the preeminent book uh of resources on the octopus of global control, which I bring up often and uh I just did on my interview this weekend. Somebody was like, I gotta get that. Thanks. Uh but honestly, it's a good reference for what's going on. Because the truth of the matter about Trump, and I, I see what people say, but I happen to know that it's it's not right. He was he does not believe in the globalist uh, world. He does not believe in in the United States funding NATO. He uh, he does not believe in uh, you know he pulled out of UNESCO, pulled out of the WHO, pulled out of the Paris Climate Accords, pulled out of the TPP. He was doing all this stuff on purpose to because he believes he's a nationalist. He believes in in yeah. what the what they hate. So for me, that obviously I am voting for Trump, but the, but for me that matters to me. And then also yeah. on top of that. Um, Somebody needs to negotiate peace with the rest of the world. I mean, it's, yes. I know that there's people out there that are like, China's not really a threat. Well, you don't know that. It appears that they say that they, they are. They're buying up our farmland or Iran or Venezuela or North Korea. I still believe all these people would meet with him. And I do. I think that they're done with the other team. 
So regardless of which side you're on, for me right now, I still believe that Donald Trump wants to end the war and the wars and that that is what he wants to do. But like you're saying, because he can change the agency heads, but he can't change the senior executive service. And they're working on not being able to put in Schedule F and he can't change who's below the, the agency heads. But I am concerned with the global situation and the world war escalating because it is very clear that that's what the Davos crew uh, wants. He he is a he's a he's a, 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 a he, his policy is as as he's obviously mentioned put on the hats is to focus on the United States, right? Which is if you are an American, what you would prioritize. It's what you would assume the president would do, right? <laughs> you would think like this is the priority, and then we also have foreign policy. We deal with that too. It's not to. It's not that we isolate ourselves and pr- pretend like the the world doesn't exist, but but by and large, the default would be to take care of this country to the extent that you can. I don't get that feeling from the Biden administration, the trilaterals that are running it, the right. O Biden administration, exactly. as you call it. You I know, they, they are globalists. They want something else. And if you're a globalist who is planning a world government or world governance, one of the things that you cannot allow is to have a superpower in your way. And America represents the last standing superpower. And one of the ways you make sure that the global governance agenda gets put in place is you've got to dethrone America as the American empire. You've got to identify the support columns pre-weaken the building, rig the detonators, push down the plunger and clear the debris as Berwick and I wrote in the controlled yeah. demolition book. So so there is a plan in place to destroy America from the inside. And if there was any question about that, when we put that book out in uh, November of 2020, here we are almost four years afterwards. It is, you know, Jeff, as I was standing up on the stage, looking at Jeff going, we didn't mean for it to be an instruction manual. I know. I say it all the time about it too. It's crazy. So I remember here, when you guys we were are. still writing it and I was like, wow. And and then to think about it, I mean, I recommend your books all the time, not because I do adore you and think you're awesome, but no, because they are so filled with uh, honest, practical, easy to digest information. But the D- Controlled Demolition of America book basically has unfolded as you guys saw it. And I think yeah. if you didn't really dig into the original book, The uh, Octopus of Global Control, it wouldn't have been so easy to delineate and see. And that's yeah. why it's so important that people, right now, I think the most important thing for people is to educate themselves really educate themselves personally, not take it from a podcaster, not take it from somebody else, convince yeah. themselves of what is really going on. Because I think that the only way forward is if people start to get some righteous, righteous indignation, like, like you're not going to tell me, like, who are these people? All because they're in government or even president. They're not better or more important or smarter than anyone else. They're just human beings that need to be brought down to the level of the rest of us. And and because we've been so uh, indoctrinated to think that somehow that they're that because they get elected, I mean, you and I are the last people. I mean, I, I don't even know anyone who would like in high school and college that were running for like government seats. So that was never something I even, I didn't even know those people. So no. I don't know who does that with their lives, but it's just a constant Busy popularity bodies. contest. I can't even imagine. Like those aren't people I want to, I want to hang around with. So, you no, know, that's for, where for, we are. So let's for, wrap for it up pe- on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for those people that think that this is, is some sort of, you know, theory, I just ask if you understand that, that America, the American empire has to go away and it has to be weakened then 
my question is, if if your mission was to weaken the American empire, could you do it any better than how they've been doing it over the last five years or so? I mean, really, debase the currency, steal, just just snatch the soul out of America. Right. Get rid of everything that is American. Destroy the education system. You have kids in Chicago and in Baltimore. Nobody in 113 different schools. You've got nobody that that's passing the 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 math that that's proficient in math. Or yeah. I mean, you you see this. You go out into the world, debase the currency, and destroy the the the, the fundamentals of of the of society. Make people feel isolated and alone, increase mental illness, increase drug use, and and then and then dumb down the music, dumb down the television, dumb put put a chick in it, make it gay, as South Park said with all exactly. the movies. It's totally you know, true. Yeah. You you couldn't destroy the fabric of the American society any better than they're doing. And I would suggest that it isn't accidental, part of a much bigger agenda. It sounds like you got to put a tinfoil hat on at first when you start to to think about this. And then you just go, no, no, no. This is very, this is logical and and and, and diabolical, but very reasonable in how you would take take this country out. Hollow it out from the inside, demoralize it, right? That's what Yuri talked about. We'll, we'll end where we started. The demoralization yeah. of America is almost complete. Yeah, well, great, um, great show. And I want everyone to not only follow you and your podcast and you have a show now, but also, again, I cannot recommend enough. If you are still waking up here, and like I said, the best thing you can do is to stop thinking you're going to find it from somebody else. Or you might love my podcast, which great. I'm very grateful. Uh, subscribe to my podcast and my newsletter and the Mel Kay show and also to Charlie's. And he'll tell you in a minute because we don't know what's going to happen. They're, they're losing the narrative. They're laying off people all over the place in the in the faux journalism world obviously there's lots of breaks we didn't get to this we'll get to it next time in the alternative media and and all of this stuff going on lots to try to capture so uh you got to really stay in touch with the people that you trust and you uh you believe their work and it's helping you and informing you but inform yourself uh the octopus of global control and the controlled demolition charlie's both of his books are important places to start and really um, break it down so that it's easy to digest and easy to share. Because to me, Charlie, it's not just understanding it yourself. It's being able to articulate it to the people around you, where we are, what the stakes are. You have a lot of great solutions um, with uh, your, I really appreciate your explanation of the anarchist movement because a lot of people have to start to realize maybe they don't want to go all the way there, but it's time mm -hmm. to start listening to some new voices out there that have solutions that are practical for where you are right now in, in this country, in this world, and in this in this headspace. So uh, yep. Charlie and Robinson, it, where can people yeah. find you, follow you, buy the book, the whole deal? Well, Macroaggressions, the podcast goes out in audio format wherever podcasts are served twice a week, once as a monologue on Wednesday, once as an as a interview on Sunday, you can get it in video format on Rumble. I have a new Rumble channel. Please go check that out on Rockfin, on Band.Video, on Vigilante.TV. And, and you're going to, and the new website is macroaggressions.io. I'll tell you what, over the next couple of months, I'm going to have a lot of these people on that I Great. introduced to the stage at Anarchapulco cool. and they're, they're solution, solutions oriented. Great. So they're not going to just be complaining about what's going on. Good. They're going to give you some practical and reasonable uh, opportunities to take an off ramp and get off of some of this crazy town. You don't have to grow dreadlocks and 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 you know and smoke pot to be in into this stuff. You can find a couple of different nuggets of things that appeal to you 
that um, that the, this community is talking about. They, I assure you, they have found a way to do it better, <laughs> cheaper, faster, with more ethics, with more integrity than the government. And uh, and once you find out a little bit about some of this, it'll intrigue you and make you want to go a little bit further. So next time around in Arcapulco, we'll come out and see you. And and you know what? Worst case scenario. You're in Mexico in February. I know, no, next time I'm coming. Five degrees every single day. It was beautiful. I went out down to the beach. I saw stingrays riding waves in. It's oh, just cool. a beautiful place. It's uh, I, you know, I had tacos. I might have had too many beers over the course of the week, but whatever. That's I did okay, all you worked my, hard. You were I working. I worked hard. You know? I was working day and night. I was, I was, I was, my voice was gone from talking to so many people. I was cool. in Max Egan's bar every night. It was, great. it was a blast. Great, great. And I want to say uh, the less dependent you are on the government, the less power they have. So any solutions out there that you can find, uh, try to implement into your life now, whether it's the things I talk about or Charlie's talking about, you know, you have to empower yourself to, uh, you know, really, it is not the government is not the answer. You are the answer. Thank you so much, Charlie Robinson. Thanks, Mel. Hey, Mel Kay here. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is my preferred choice for gold and silver. Head on over to the Mel Kay Show Partners page and click on the tab for Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Silver and gold are God's money. They're a great way to fight against inflation and keep your hard-earned savings safe. With the national debt out of control, runaway government spending and printing, inflation continues to soar. Beverly Hills Precious Metals can help you shield your wealth from volatility in the markets. Protect yourself today. Go to the MelKShow.com partners page. Click on Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Fill out the form and let's get started. Protect yourself, protect your family, and protect your future. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning, and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is going to look like. I'm going to do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm going to bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof. It's cancel proof. It's truth. It's transparency. It's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.